Welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski, here as usual with my favorite co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. We got, we're getting nice weather finally, so it's lifting yes. up people's spirits. Yes, and everybody can be in a good mood and then watch some movies in the evening. Go out in the day and then watch some movies in the evening in a good mood, although uh, there might be one or two that that we're going to talk about that may not put you in a good mood but you know listen up and we'll tell you we're going to start with the one that everybody's buzzing about uh courtney saw Zack snyder's justice league yes his, the, uh, his cut of it yeah all four hours huh? the four hour epic um that is J Zack snyder's justice league and i i will preface this by saying that for all those people who have complained about the length of The Irishman and for all those people <laughs> who complained about the length of Phantom Thread and all of these great films, <laughs> I no longer want to hear you complaining about the length of a movie because many of you gleefully sat through four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. So let's just put the length of that to bed. Um, <laughs> so yes, this film has been highly publicized for for various reasons um, back in 2017 Zack Snyder had was working on the Justice League film which was um, DC and Warner Brothers I guess way to fast track against the Marvel Cinematic Universe so Marvel built their franchise from you know individual stories culminating to the Avengers whereas DC said we're gonna scrap that we're gonna fast track it do a couple of Superman films and then bring out this Justice League. And there was a lot of problems with the studio um, and Zack Snyder's vision. They were butting heads. And then unfortunately, Zack Snyder's daughter died. So he had to step away, which led Josh Whedon to kind of come in and try and punch up the, the script a bit, make it a little more like the Avengers movie that he made, which was wildly successful. The result was disastrous on, on several levels. So thanks in part to fan culture and I will, you know, say toxic fan culture because the fans kept demanding a Zack Snyder cut, similar to how Richard Donner got a his own cut for um, Superman 2. But their demands went, I think, above and beyond where they should have been. They started harassing individuals at Warner Brothers. You know, there was a female, I believe the female executive that had to get off Twitter because she was getting harassed a lot. And that, that toxicity spilled over into people who weren't even fans of Zack Snyder. They were getting harassed. It was just a very toxic environment for several years on online. And recently, Warner Brothers decided they were going to put money into releasing the Zack Snyder Cup, but they were going to originally do it as a miniseries. So do it as a miniseries and then maybe release it as a four-hour film. But with their new streaming service, HBO Max, they just decided, you know what, we're going to release it as a four-hour film way to get subscribers and, and what have you. And the film itself, I will say, is a drastic improvement over the, um, the, the original one that was released. Some of the threads and character points make a lot more sense. Um, there, there's a lot to enjoy in it. Having said that, there's also a lot of Zack Snyder-isms. So there's and what, times, what are those? <laughs> so there's times where like the pacing of the film will stop so he can have this really cool, almost like video like slow motion sequence, which stylistically looks great, but doesn't really enhance the story. Um, also, the fact that it's four hours and it's his distinct vision also shows that sometimes you need people that are 
that have the ability to say no to an idea. So, um, so for an example, the epilogue of this film is just atrocious. And, <laughs> oh, no. um, you know, people talk about the, you know, some of the cameos in the film and, oh, how great. And it's, as a fan, yes, it's nice to see some of your favorite characters in this film appear, but there's certain, there's a lot of this movie that could have been cut. So instead of having a four hour and five minute epic, you could have had a three hour really great film if he had cut the thing. So it's, it's enjoyable for what it is, but I don't think the toxic culture that kind of willed it into existence justifies the final product. It, mm-hmm. It's still, it's hard to reckon that this film got made because people were so horrible online with their demands for it. But having said that, it's still an enjoyable film. I, it's not the greatest superhero film ever made that people are trying to make it seem like online. It's, it's uneven at times. It's, it's an interesting experiment. It's one where you'll watch it and there's parts of it that you're like, oh, this is really good. And other parts are like, that's a horrible idea. Um, so it's for what it is, though, it's it's an improvement on the original. And I wonder for people who haven't seen the original, how they will take it, because a lot of what I think works comes from knowing what failed the first time. Right. OK. So for newcomers, they might get a completely different perspective. They might like it or they might find it over overly long. It's a very bloated film. Right. So, again, it's it's, it's going to be intriguing to see how newcomers approach this film. Wow, this sounds very like a very specialized audience. Then, like, I like certain super move, super hero films. Yes, yeah. I, I like. <laughs> but um, the, I guess, I, I guess nobody can escape the story behind this film. The fact that you know there was a, a disastrous first version, and now this one, and people are debating this one, and nobody, you know, people are going, it's not worth the seventy million dollars. Uh, it's really it would I would find it as a viewer really hard to know what to do at this point and it it is four hours of something that you know um, I believe you is uneven mm-hmm. so, I'll, I'll say the, the benefit I guess for for viewers is because it's on um, HBO Max in the States up here it's Crave so the streaming service allows you to watch it more like a miniseries if you want so you can literally break it up into hour chunks if that's how you want to die digest it and i think that might work as well um i think viewers will find it interesting i just don't know if they will walk away gushing over it like right you know i still say there's a whole bunch of marvel films that are better i would argue that you know there's dc films that have come out that are far more entertaining and far more rewatchable like it's one of those things where it's like okay i saw it i was entertained um, would I go back and watch it again? I don't know. I don't really have that desire. Whereas other um, superhero films where I'm like, yep, I have no problem wanting yeah. to rewatch that. Again. Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting film. I, I think people should see it just because it's something that everyone's talking about. So you can kind of see what all the yeah. fuss is about. But if you don't see it, you're you're fine. <laughs> you don't miss it that much, eh? Yes, yes. <laughs> So uh, on the other side of the um, spectrum, of, I guess the fantastical, uh, we have a new indie sci-fi film called Doors that is 
being released this week. And it is a film that is essentially a science fiction anthology film. Uh, it's got four segments or four vignettes directed by, divided up between three directors. And it tells the tale of society being turned upside down by the presence of these alien sentient doors that appear all over the globe. And through the various segments, we are taken through different points of time to see how mankind reacts to it. And it's a film where the doors remain a mystery for a good portion of the film, but you're also seeing the, the human reaction and they're varied. Like these, be, these doors seem to talk to some people, others they don't. The doors make some people go crazy. Others are normal. Some people get pulled into the doors and until you get to, I think the second segment, you don't quite know what happens when you get sucked into these doors. So it's a very interesting high concept science fiction film. I will say that I really like the premise of it. Uh, and I think there are some really great moments in it. Like the sound design, I really enjoyed. I thought the sound design was fantastic for a lot of it. Some of the visuals were great. My problem is with this film is I felt it does too much handholding. So this is a, yes, it's a high concept film, but I found that this film would use a lot of exposition or will have a character or a voiceover tell you something. And then 10 minutes later, they will literally like flash on the screen, the same thing that you were just told yes. 10 minutes ago, yes. or someone will repeat something that was already said. And it's like, okay, I, I, I get that point. You don't need to. We got it this first time. Yeah, exactly. that's so I, how I, I felt exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like it. it's, I, this one was a little frustrating for me because I really wanted to like it. I thought the, it was going some really interesting places, but maybe it would have worked better if it like Justice League was a more built for as a miniseries because that way you could really explore the ideas, explore the characters without feeling like, oh, this is going to be too heavy for the audience. We need to walk them baby steps through this idea while simultaneously rushing through all these ideas because you only have a limited amount of time. Yes, that, that's exactly how I felt. I, like you and I haven't discussed the film before now and I can't believe how well you summed up uh, exactly how I felt. And I I would add that, yeah, but all the times that it's holding our hands and, you know, re repeating and, you know, maybe uh, spending time on exposition on something we figured out, it could have kept moving. I thought the pacing was so uneven and that was to its detriment that it could have kept going and maybe instead of ending, like the segments end very abruptly very abruptly they sort of end ended for me at a place where that if it was at the point of its most promising it was at its mm. most promising point yes. and it just ends and, and that does not underline anything that just happened it just causes us to go off into confusion it's not like it was you know it ended like that to underscore anything it, it just seemed to end because it ended. And, and it was a good point you made about um, like Justice League being, you know, more like a miniseries. The, the interesting thing about this film is that it's, what is it, like 90 minutes? Yeah, it's very brisk. And yeah, so and we have three different directors, four different segments. Uh, yeah. It needed more of a singular vision. 
to propel everything forward in a logical way. And it needed time to develop certain things better. You know, mm-hmm. I, some parts were just too rushed. So I guess for me, it, it was the frustrating pacing um, of the thing, of the whole experience. So yeah, yeah. I, I just some, found myself frustrated. Yeah, there's some moments that um, I found were, were generally chilling. Uh, I would say for me personally, I think the first and third segments kind of worked the best. Uh, the third one was my, my favorite because it felt in that short span of time that it got the most out of like its storytelling. Um, yes. The characters were interesting. Yes, they, they use a lot of exposition to give you backstory on a lot of things, but in that short amount of time, it raised tension. It, it showed a bit of humanity. It does a lot of stuff while primarily being set out in the, the woods. Um, hmm. And some of the other ones had some really great concepts to it, but it they just, didn't quite feel fully formed. And by the time you get to that last segment, I felt like that last segment was almost unnecessary. Like it just- Yeah, it's like it was just tacked it, on or something. Yeah, you should have ended at segment three and just extended the first three segments because they were all more interesting stories. And they essentially hint at what the, the final segment shows you. And by that point, you're just like, oh, it's not as interesting visually, story standpoint as the other so a, a good idea um i think i enjoyed this one more than you but it's still not it it, it misses the mark yes yes i i think that's a good summary mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that <laughs> okay okay so uh, i'm just gonna flip things to a completely different perspective uh in a completely different world of filmmaking um there's uh a film, a quite high profile film by now, uh, because of all the awards that it's been, you know, nominated for. And now it's gotten nominated for Oscars. The Father, which stars Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. And uh, it's about um, a man who is his descending into dementia. He's struggling with Alzheimer's and his daughter it's a story of his relationship as his daughter is, you know, trying to help him and, and how she's helping to deal with it as well. Um, and so you, you would think that it's like, oh, it's one of those acting showcases. And that, that's sort of what I thought. Um, but with all the praise, I was, I was very curious anyway. And I discovered that this film is it is like these these actors give stellar performances absolutely memorable i defy anyone to watch anthony hopkins and tell me that that is not one of the best performances they've ever seen and i'm pretty jaded when it comes to acting performances cuz you know we've se- we've seen all sorts of different kinds but this um this is it, this is just beyond beyond words what happens but but part of that is the story i think the the part of the effect on me as a viewer was the way that the story is told it's not simply one of those you know heartfelt you know struggling day to day with this um it is actually a film that unfolds in the most interesting way it unfolds before you know it you're inside a first person story 
which is a shock. Uh, what's happening is a shocking to him uh, as it is to us. And then the realization that, wait a minute, this is, and I hope I haven't ruined anything for everybody because this was part of the effect of the film was that it appears that things are not what they seem, but it appears that things are not what they seem because we're in his point of view. In, we're seeing this from his perspective and that makes what happens all the more fascinating. And it, the, the, it unfolds in this extraordinary way in which there's a lot of repetition of like visual patterns. You know, it mostly takes place in this one, it's a giant apartment, um, but it, it's one location basically. And what happens visually is that you have like the patterns of the shots. You start, you know, and it that sounds like some sort of cinematic exercise of, you know, shot of this, shot of that. No, 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 because there's little details and you don't really have to work. I'm not saying that this is a film you have to work in, but you start realizing there are little details that are slightly off, slightly different each time a different. It's almost like layers each time a different layer of the story of the experience becomes evident so i don't know if that makes a lot of sense what no, i just no, said it, no it does it actually makes that film far more intriguing to me than it was before because um based off exactly the, yeah the trailer and from what i heard about the premise it didn't sound like it was going to be a film that would really be that enticing to me uh but it's one that i figured oh i'll Get around to when I can, but then I noticed you know it was getting a lot of Oscar nominations. It's been buzz building about it, but even then, with how you presented it, I was like, oh, actually, now I want to see this. This actually sounds a lot more yeah. the, interesting yeah. than the standard drama that I thought it was going to be. So, exactly, yeah, exactly. Now I understand why it's getting nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. It's not going to win Best Picture, but it deserves a nomination. Okay. So. Um, and when, yeah, when you get into the world of this film, by the time you're at the end, you'll see what I mean about Anthony Hopkins's performance. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah. Okay. So now you're going to end us off on a happy, funny note, perhaps? Oh, I'm going to end off on a... <laughs> on a lighter note for sure <laughs> everything that we've talked about even um, the Zack Snyder film are all different layers of of heavy I would say um, but then there's coming to America the the sequel to uh, coming to America that is now out on Amazon Prime it's directed by Craig Brewer who um, listeners might remember from the Netflix film uh, Dolomite is my name which also starred Eddie Murphy yes, and yes. Wesley Snipes, and that's that's a really great film. I would argue it's it's far better than Coming to America. Um, but Coming have, to America. <laughs> yes, yes, they have the, the number two, so that you uh, you know that it's the the sequel. Uh, but I will say this: if you are a fan of the original Coming to America, which I still think is a a comedy classic, there is a certain nostalgia factor that makes this film. Um, enjoyable to watch it's not necessarily a great film um 
Oh yeah, no, but it's an Eddie Murphy film. Yeah, but even by what I was interested in, even by Eddie Murphy standards, it's not necessarily that good of a film in terms of how it's structured because it's essentially replaying a lot of the the beats from the first film, just done thirty years later. But there's something still entertaining about seeing Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall play multiple characters. Um, this film has a lot of cameos. Um, they did not waste any bu- budget on on bringing in people, and the cameos, especially at the beginning, are are quite fun. Uh, the premise of this film is that um, Eddie Murphy's character—he's now king. He's still married to the love of his life. He's got three daughters, and Prince Akeem learns that. Uh, or oh, sorry, he's not king yet he's his he, he eventually becomes king in this film but prince akeem learns that he has a son in new york that he did not know about and the mother of that son is played by leslie jones and the circumstances oh, yes. of oh, how that son was conceived are are, are questionable to to say the least without <laughs> getting into it uh, so he has to travel back to america to reclaim his son and bring him back to zamunda where he would, in theory, be next in line to the throne, kind of usurping the three daughters. Uh, so it's, you know, essentially the kind of fish out of water scenario from the first one, but just thrown reversed. Uh, but there's still a lot of throwbacks, a lot of callbacks to the original. Um, a lot of your favorite characters make reappearances. There's, I think, one new character that Arsenio Hall plays. Um, I wish that there was a few more new characters that Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall played because you forget how talented they are, especially when you throw makeup on them. You know, as, yeah. as Eddie Murphy has always been a, a great comedian, uh, you know, a good actor, but you forget how talented he is until you see him in the different makeups and really just embodying different characters. So I wish it was a little more of that instead of bringing back all the older ones, but it's, it's your standard romantic comedy. At the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much the first one all over again. It's not as good as the original, but I didn't mind watching it. <laughs> it was you know, it's 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 fine. It's entertaining. It's again, it's not great, but if you're looking for something to just kind of relax, unwind after a stressful day, or you just need a little mindless comedy to to pick you up, you know, you can't go wrong with with Eddie Murphy. So. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase it. You can't go wrong with Eddie Murphy now. We'll we'll forget <laughs> the the Norbit Pluto Nash era of his career. But it, it, yeah, it just reminds you like how talented Eddie Murphy is and why you know him making movies is always a good thing. Yeah. 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 No. It's, it sounds like there are parts that are, are really a lot of fun. That it. I, I'm interested in these new characters because mm-hmm. um, I think you gave us all a good reminder about you know the the beauty of eddie murphy's comedy right that um just a bit of makeup and off he goes right that that's a comedic genius right and this one is is definitely more uh i guess i would say a little more tame than the original because again it's 30 years past so you know akeem is now a father so his outlook on life is going to be completely different um arsenio hall's semi is also uh, slightly more grown, you know, you, you, he's still kind of mischievous, <laughs> but 
it, you know, it just the the problems that they now face are are different. So it's not just that the first one was very much about him wanting to find love on his own terms, whereas now he's got to deal with the politics of of you know being the head of a of a nation. And Wesley Snipes plays this general, this kind of rival general that has been trying to weasel his way into the family and their wealth various ways, you know, various ways, primarily through getting his children to marry into Eddie Murphy's uh, family. So, you know, Wesley Snipes, again, showing his comedic chops is also a, a nice little treat to see. But again, I would also say that just watch My Name is Dolan or Dolan is my name and you'll see them working at an even better level than this. But if you're looking for nostalgia and something, again, a little mindless fun, you know, you could do worse than coming to America. I'm really glad that it, Leslie Jones is in the film. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the film, obviously, but uh, I'm really glad that somebody is is using her comedic talents. It's like she disappeared off the face of the map. You know, she was doing some sort of game show. Yeah, yeah, she's still she's still doing that. The supermarket sweep. The super, but the but that that uh, it seems like a waste of her talents. All yeah. the stuff that she was able to do on on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's so much more there. You just people gave her, and I I have no idea why. If if it's her personal choice, um. But I feel almost like Hollywood just sometimes doesn't give you a choice. Sometimes they choose for you. Yeah. And I think also, too, though, she I think she took a bit of a break um, after all the toxic backlash that came towards the the female Ghostbusters film that came out, I think, back in 2016. Uh, which is not fair which is oh, not fair I, and i i because really i mean there were other women in it and they're they're in movies and yeah. so yeah. why does she have all the time to- the backlash the toxic backlash yeah that's i mean i think we can dive into that deeper in terms of like just how especially in this social media age um the w- women are often at- abused more online especially yes. celebrities but as we've seen with Leslie Jones, as we've seen with Kelly Marie Tran for the yes, Star I was Wars just thinking films, of her. Yeah, the women of color seem to get it a lot worse. Even though people say that there's no correlation, but when you just look at the the stats, you, you look at the level of abuse. You know, they're they're not coming from Melissa McCarthy or Christian Wig exactly the same way that they're coming for for these actresses. So, you know, hopefully, change is around the corner, but I think until the social media platforms start to really tighten up their their policies and enforce their policies better than yes. they are, um, we're going to have instances like that. But having said that, we're seeing Leslie Jones in this film. Car- Kelly Marie Chan is in um, Raya and the Last Dragon, so they're that's still right. working, and that's and that's good. That's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. So uh, didn't didn't mean to get us all serious there at the end, but oh no, that's you know sometimes we need, you need to talk to... about these. Yeah, we yeah. need to talk about this too, right? So, but I, I, unfortunately, I should be watching the time. I'm the timekeeper here, <laughs> so I should probably, um, you know, say thanks. You know, thanks everybody. I, that's it for Frameline. Thanks for listening. <laughs>